If you're tuned in now, you are listening to The Bizarre AF, a little place where we talk about the strange, the unusual, the unknown, and all things Bizarre AF. I'm Alicia, your hostess for today's episode. Um, As always, we ask that you keep an open mind, keep a skeptical ear, but keep on listening to those facts as we take you on our newest journey, the Betty and Barney Hill incident. My co-host with the most, Kevin. How are you, darling? I'm doing great, babe. How are you? I'm good. You know, you look good and green. Oh my God. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I was actually, I was a little nervous about wearing this green. I'm like, is it going to be too much? Uh Uh-uh. There's no such thing. No. No such thing as too much. You look very dapper. Do I? Yes. Do I look like, uh, what's the guy from that TV show? Um... Ham, John Ham. What's that movie? Oh my gosh, from Mad Men. <laughs> Mad Men? Yes, <laughs> yes, you do. You you are. You could be in that advertisement um, uh, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you'd be there making the Manhattan and uh, talking oh, to a yeah. person. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we must be talking about '50s, '60s stuff. We are. Yeah, we are talking about something that occurred in you know the way back. When machine, mm-hmm. not way back, but mm-hmm. since we have to go back in time, mm-hmm. I thought we might as well dress the part, right? Like, yeah, if we're gonna fit in, yeah, we can't be, we can't have cell phones, we can't have, you know, <laughs> <Right>. joggers on, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> or pearl necklace, you yeah. look like Mrs. Cleaver, yes, exactly what I was going for. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, so, uh When was like the first time that you heard about uh, alien abduction? Like, or what do you think of when you hear alien abduction? Like basics. Basics. Yeah. What happens? Um, The alien ship with the um, beam of light Mm -hmm. lifting the person up into the spaceship, you know, they're all kind of like... (laughs) sprawled out (laughs) like just letting it like pick you up exactly (laughs) you're like a limp doll or something exactly and then um necessarily anal probing oh i think of anal probing probing of some sort (laughs) (laughs) no of course you think of that that's like like you it's a violation right right you think of a violation totally violation yeah yeah it's not like they're asking you questions or saying you know, trying to get to know you. No, mm-hmm. they are like poking your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> literally. Quite literally. <laughs> okay. So we're actually going to talk today about, now they call it the Betty and Barney Hill or the Hill incident. Okay. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. And, and it's also called like the uh, Zeta Reticuli incident. It has uh-huh. multiple names, all the same thing that we're going to talk about today. And this is like a classic Mm-hmm. A literal classic of alien abduction. Well, this story mm-hmm. connects to many other stories, which is why it is so completely plausible. Yes. When we talked about 
Area 51 and the mm-hmm. area underneath there where they were storing all the shenanigans. Yes. Betty and Barney Hill came up because it can it all connected with J-Rod and yes. everything. Yeah, it's all connected. There's it's all, all connection. connected. Well, this, yeah, this story is really the story that framed the mm-hmm. alien abduction scenario that you just spoke of. Mm-hmm. That's, that is exactly what we're going to get down to. And this, this had happened before the stories came out, right? Yes. Before we had unsolved mysteries and, um, gosh, like podcasts and, and, and we knew about J-Rod. Mm-hmm. This, this happened before all of that. Right. And, these people were normal people. They weren't like, yeah, they weren't <laughs> fame grabbers no. or social media influencers yes. or weirdos standing on the side of the road. Like, <laughs> like I married my cousin exactly. and I also, <laughs> yeah. I also got picked up by a, an <laughs> alien. It's like, okay, right. Jethro, you did not get picked up by an alien. No alien would want you unless it were to like, like a curiosity, like experiment, experiment. You're weird. Let me like, look at you. Yeah, yeah, like you're really inbred. <laughs> what? <laughs> but these people were really normal. Yeah. So, okay. In order for us to actually like really go back, I already spoke of it, but we we do need to go back in time. Thank God we're wearing what we are wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna go back to September nineteenth, nineteen sixty one. Okay. So the early 60s. Mm-hmm. Now we have, it's a couple, um, Betty and Barney Hill, or Barney and, and Betty Hill, and they had just gotten married. Um, but this was in the early 60s. So I can't even believe that this was a thing, but it was a thing. Interracial couples were rare, right? Sure. I mean, gosh, if you were Italian and Irish, families would have issues with you getting, um, mm-hmm. it being married or whatever. Right. Betty and Barney Hill were an interracial couple. Betty was white. Barney was black Mm. and they were also incredibly involved. uh, Barney uh, was a postal worker and he was incredibly involved in the civil rights movement. Of course, Mm -hmm. you know, he had, you know, he was. So um, Betty was a social worker and they were both members of the Unitarian church. Okay. Very active in the NAACP and actually Barney even sat on the local board of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. So ah. um, he was incredibly, uh, incredibly active in the civil rights movement. Right. They both were very strange to be an interracial couple, but they were really paving the way and they believed, you know, love has a way. They loved each other, wanted to get together. Love was love. Yeah. Love love is love is love is love is love is love is love. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So back to uh, September 19th, 1961, the Hills... Betty and Barney are newly the Hills. Okay. okay. They are on their honeymoon and they're actually driving back uh, from Portsmouth to um, uh, just in the, you know, wilderness or like in the um, what, sticks. What state is, is Portsmouth? Uh, they in? were in, they actually had a, it was a vacation in Niagara uh, Falls Oh, uh-huh. and Montreal. So they were oh, just- Oh, they were up in Canada. Yes, yeah, so they're coming back. And, oh, okay, okay. And um, they actually, you know, this is this is what their story is, okay, okay. of events. So Betty looks up in the sky. They're in the middle of nowhere, podunk, dark. It's like 10 o'clock p.m., 10.30 p.m.-ish. They look up in the sky- and Betty sees what she thought was a shooting star. Okay. She's like, okay, that's a shooting star, um, but it's moving erratically. Okay. It's not like 
descending straight. or going straight. Yeah. It's moving in different directions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she she's like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. But you know, maybe you just don't think about it. So Barney's driving and she's saying this. And what would you do if we were in a car together? And I'm like, that's weird. Like uh, this is happening. You're like you're probably seeing things, right? Like, right. You wouldn't necessarily think. No, I yeah, you'd kind of blow it off a little bit. Be like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. I, I mean, I'd probably kind of it's look late. and go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's moving, it's moving around, and she thought, okay, falling star, but it's moving up. Okay, that doesn't really work. And it kept on growing bigger and brighter and small. So it was like changing in size. And she's like, Barney, we need to stop the car. There's something up. We need to take a, a closer look. He's like, well, come on. I'm on the, in the middle of nowhere. Where the hell am I going to pull over? Okay. So he finds an area to actually pull over. And they have this dog. And we'll have it in the show notes. It's like a wiener dog, a long-haired wiener dog Aww. called Delcy. So like, okay, fine. We have to walk the dog anyway. So we'll stop in this like picnic area. Okay. So they stop. It's out- pitch black. They met in the middle of nowhere. It must be pitch black. It's pitch black. It's like 10. Yeah. It's in the night. It's 1961. We don't have probably the lights that we have today. Right. Yeah. It's really dark. You know, you're not just going to stop on the side of the road. You have to wait for a certain area. So he, he pulls over. They end up being um, at a picnic point, scenic point, mm-hmm. um, just south of Twin Mountain. Betty has her binoculars because they they were on their well, little they were honeymoon. On Niagara Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she looks and she's like, uh, this is definitely not what she already thought. This is not a shooting star. Uh-huh. It's oddly shaped and it has multicolored lights on it. Hmm. So and it's traveling across the face of the moon. So like it's going past the face of the moon and She's like, maybe this is a flying saucer because in the in, in her past, she's like, she and her sister claim to have seen a, a flying saucer. Were there comic books about flying saucers and stuff? Yes, definitely. Sure. So maybe that was part mm. of it. But this had multicolor lights. Nothing like that was flying in the air erratically like that at that time in 1961. Do you have any idea? Do you know... When she saw, when she was, when she was looking at this thing, do you, did it look like it was close or did it look like it was like moon distance? Like, or could she, like a plane, like, do you know? It was getting closer. So she saw it like getting bigger. And I'm assuming if it's getting bigger, it's getting closer to you. Uh, yeah, like sure. if you're seeing a, a, a plane in the air, mm-hmm. it's bigger if it's closer to where you're standing, right? Yeah. It's like the vantage point. Yeah. I don't think that, you know, I, I think that she just saw it like as a passenger and was just looking up like, uh, what the heck is and this? And it was moving so weird. She's like, some this does not compute. Yeah, and she didn't have the opportunity because they were moving in a car to actually inspect it, yeah, right? right? Which is why they needed to stop at okay. the scenic point. Yeah. Barney's like, eh, yeah, right. This is a commercial flight, like airliner. Like you're crazy. You need to go to bed. Okay, right. chillax, Betty. Yeah, <laughs> Betty, like chill. <laughs> maybe, maybe you had a couple too many, like Manhattans or whatever. <laughs> but he looks through the binoculars and he's like, oh, I'm wrong. This is not a plane. So they continue driving down this road, and um, and. Uh, oh, 
So here's the thing. If you see something like this, are you going to try following it? No. No, me neither. No. No way. Especially, yeah, no. <laughs> no way. No. Yeah. yeah I mean, why? Yeah, you're asking for trouble at this point. Well, especially if you don't know what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, okay, best case scenario, it's maybe like, um, you know, someone's fucking around with like a weather balloon or something. I don't know. But like, or it's a government plane that's like, you know, they're doing testing on. Either in the way. Middle of no, nowhere. No bueno. Like you should not be part of that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Well, they do. They, they're like, what is this? Let's go and continue on this isolated road, right? They're not on the highway anymore. Let's go on this isolated road. So they're trying to follow this thing. They're trying to follow it. And it's coming closer to them. Oh okay. God. I would be like, what is uh, wrong yeah, with no. Them? Okay. Yeah. What's wrong with them? Oh, uh, well, Nuts. I think, I think they were trying to get their jollies by <laughs> I don't know, seeing this. Uh. So it, they see as they're getting closer to this um, aircraft, it's getting closer to them and it's starting to descend in the air. Okay. It's descending towards their, their car. There's nothing else around. They're on this like, you know, dirt road and it's, silent you can't hear anything there's no motor there's no um there's like there's no fan nothing like no propellers they can't hear an engine it's completely silent and completely pitch black oh my god yeah and so it's hovering about 80 to 100 feet above their car okay it's a 1957 Chevy Bel Air. I know you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm such a gearhead. Yeah. <laughs> so it like they're looking at this and it they can't see anything but this aircraft, right? So um, Barney, meaning it's that big. That it's that's so huge. What there's see. nothing else they can see, yeah, and gotcha. like in the horizon. Yeah. It's like right in front of their car, and Barney says later, he's like, it kind of looks like a, it looks like a pancake. So once again, like that flying saucer mm. look. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> he has a gun <laughs> in oh, his pocket. Barney. <laughs> Barney, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you just this start. Silent hovering monstrosity. You're going to shoot it with your pistol. <laughs> what the fuck? Barney. Barney. No. <laughs> no. That's an act of aggression. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> They're going to do something to you. So he's like, he gets closer to it. And of course, you know, that like um, macho like thing. I'm going to take care of this. Betty. Oh, especially he just got married yeah. to his wife. So he's like, <laughs> let me show you. <laughs> I'm a real man. I'm going to for sure show you. I can take care of my lady. Exactly. You know, like. Betty, just just you stay like a little lady in the car. <laughs> We're oh progressive. God. We're progressive, but I'll take care of this. I'll be your Prince Charming. Barney. So Barney goes towards the fucking thing, which the amount of balls it takes. I mean. No way. No way. Yeah. No, no way. way. Yeah. So he's going towards it. Grab, like has his pistol and he sees in the craft that there are multiple um, humanoid figures in there. 
and he's like, well, okay, that's kind of, that's kind of weird. It's like one of the windows he looks and like there's mm. humanoid figures. Like it looks mm-hmm. like a human. Yeah. It doesn't look like a blob or whatever. Yeah, 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 right. And they're walking around. He said one of them starts looking straight at uh, at Barney and just stares at him and he has his, his gun or whatever. And it's talking to him telepathically, okay? It looks straight at him and it's like, stay where you are and keep on looking like at us. Like he's hearing this in his head. head. Yeah. What the actual (laughs) F. I don't know. Can you imagine? If you could just like, you see, like you could just hear that in your head. Do you mind how weird that would be? And there are so many, like when it comes to, um, when it comes to this, what I found a lot of times, like with weird phenomenon, people will hear ESP or like they won't question things as much when you're in the thick of a situation. Like, oh yeah, they just communicated with me. Like they innately somehow know uh-huh. that that's what's happening instead of being like, well, wait, how the fuck are you talking to me? Like, what's right, because going on? it probably seems just so, I don't know, real is probably the wrong word, but natural just, or yeah like intentional like i'm not going to question it because yeah it's just like you're so in tune with it or something right yeah i think i i think that that's part of it i also think that it's like that the idea of like a phenomenon that's so like your head you can't really wrap your head around this shit no you've never seen anything like this in your no. entire life no and it's like well whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen but it does it does make me think like why did he not question like what is the intention behind this being that's telling me this and why am I listening to it? Okay, I'll tell you why. Tell me. Those bitches went and followed that thing, not even knowing what it was. (laughs) So he's like, I'm into this, clearly. (laughs) He's like, you didn't tell me to stand here and look at you? Fine. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. (laughs) He was looking for it. <laughs> he was looking for it. But like, I would just be like terrified. I'd probably be peeing my pants. Like there's, I would be so scared. It's like, just keep on looking and stay where you are. Uh, 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 maybe I'd faint. I don't know. I, I, I just, I think that I wouldn't. I think that's probably just it. it. Like I would be like, just in shock. You're oh, right. Yeah. You're like paralyzed with like what? What do I do? What is happening? Yeah. Paralyzed in that shock. That's yeah. a good way of yeah. putting it. Yeah. You can't really be fearful of it because you don't really know what the fuck it is that you're looking at. Mm-mm. And remember, this is 1961. We don't have all these stories that have happened like exactly. around like Skinwalker Ranch and stuff like that. We don't totally. have like a history of these stories that That's are right. widely right. told. Right. So exactly. A lot of these things that I'm talking about today you this is the first time they've been said like people Mm. like oh i've i was abducted oh they telepathically communicated with me like they didn't say bloop bleep blop blop bloop you know (laughs) like exactly you know there were like a lot of this it set the stage for future um Mm -hmm. uh abductions oh yeah so they're uh they look at it he sees as he's looking at these people like okay just keep on looking Mm -hmm. um he sees that they're wearing uh, like these glossy black uniforms, red ca- or black caps on, and then there are red lights on what he says like are like bat wing fins. 
I don't know. And, and, uh, there's that started to like come out. Oh yeah. Of the actual, um, craft. So like these, there are lights that like kind of retract out. Uh And, um, you know, he said, uh, that, oh, and okay. So here's another thing. This had happened to them. And he actually, like this whole story you can find on the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomenon, um, which is NICAP. Um, so when he was telling the story, he's like, I don't know exactly what they were, but mm-hmm. they weren't human. Whatever they were, they looked human. Yeah, head, maybe shoulders, but yeah. maybe oddly shaped or something of that nature. Something like that. And like, this is where... Their story kind of gets a little fuzzy. Okay. Okay. So it's almost like they remember like a fuzzy image of what they saw. Like it was almost as if it were more of a dream rather than reality. Yeah. Where they could sit there and like recall every single thing. Yeah. So that had happened. That's all they remember. They are arriving they're coming back home they're arriving home at dawn okay wait so suddenly wait host back up yeah so we we have them him getting this this transmission of voices yes he's things, staring at them staring at them things you are, see some kind of like humanoid shape yeah things are now starting to get a little fuzzy and the next thing he knows he is a r- driving home at du- at dawn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Or dusk. No, dawn. Dawn. At dawn. dawn. Yeah. So this so this was like 1030. So now it's suddenly like, what, at six in the morning, something. Yes. He's, yeah, it has to be about six in the morning, driving, six, he's, seven. Mm-hmm. He's just driving and arriving home. Yep. Like oh. nothing happened. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Right. Wow. So that's the thing. They're arriving home and they both are like, huh, we have like some, they both like feel like some weird sensations and things that they can't really explain. For instance, Betty, they had luggage because they were just on their um, mm-hmm, honeymoon. The honeymoon, yeah. So Betty insisted that they keep their luggage near the back door rather than like in the main part of the house. So they didn't, she did not want them to be put in the main part of the house, which was kind of weird. Wait, wait, wait. So you said when they got home? Yeah, they're like unpacking. Un- uh-huh. And she wants her luggage to stay at the front door? Yeah. At the like at like at the back door of the house rather uh-huh. than inside like the living room. She didn't want the the luggage, which she didn't was want the strange. luggage inside the house. Like in like the main right part, in the main of, part the of the room. House. Yeah, of the house. Or in there, you know, when you typically so she's would saying, like unpack. Barney, just leave it leave it by yeah, the door. Yeah, leave it here. It's like, okay, that's kind of weird. Like normally we would unpack it or whatever. Okay. But that was a little strange off. Okay. That's off. Their watches. They both were wearing watches because nobody had cell phones in the 1960s. Right. So everyone wore a wristwatch, which, you know, a lot of those watches you would, you know, wind up or whatever. And maybe they'd have like a battery. They'd have a battery in them. Stopped working. Both of their watches stopped working. They were dead. Completely dead. Were, did they say the same time? Oh. Another thing, they look at the binoculars that they remember. Betty was staring at that. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. The leather strap on the binoculars was torn. 
Like it, it broke in half? Broken half. And he's like, I can't even remember it tearing at all. Like I don't re- recall because Betty had it, had the binoculars. It was intact at that point. They don't remember it tearing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. This list of like weird shit is growing. Okay. He was wearing his best dress shoes once again. You know, back in the day, you typically would have like, we all have a nice pair of shoes, but like then like having a really nice pair of dress shoes, you'd take good care of them. Well-made, they are expensive. His best dress shoes were scraped. Now this is important because he was impeccable about his dress shoes. These dress shoes were not scraped. He remembers they had just gotten back from the honeymoon, right? Sure. They had just gotten married. These things were shined up and to the nine. Driving home, why would they be scraped? Yeah, why were they? Why would they be scraped? Like, you know, it's not like he was doing anything you know, physical. Like they yeah. were, they were just driving back home. Um, another th- thing that Barney said was happening to him. He got home and he was like, he had this like impulse that he needed to go to the bathroom and he needed to look at his private parts, at his genitals. And he did not know why, but he had to inspect them and like make sure everything was okay. And he didn't find anything unusual. And like, that's a very strange thing. If you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, like why would you be like, I need to make sure nothing's wrong like what would make you think that exactly exactly he's like this is another impulse that i don't understand why but it's like this really strong you know impulse or i I need to look and make sure everything's okay they both took really long showers when they got home um, to remove any uh contamination that they had from seeing that aircraft and then another thing that they did as soon as they got home was they drew pictures after the showers. They both took really long showers, you know, washed up. They drew what they had seen. Images of what they had seen, what they remember seeing. So they're back. They took a shower. They're driving and they know something weird had happened. And they're, so what, what do you do? If something strange happens, you're like, like you and I've had some weird encounters, whether Mm -hmm. it's like with people or like situations. Mm -hmm. And you're like, did this really happen? Yeah. Or like, am I remembering this correctly? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> am I crazy? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So they're having that conversation. What happened? They're trying to recall, okay, we're, we were driving home. We had our, you know, our um, honeymoon. We're driving home. We're in the middle of nowhere. We see this air, this craft. Then what happened? She doesn't remember. They can't remember anything, um, anything after they saw that UFO. And like between then and when they were, they both remember the same thing when that they're arriving home, but they can't remember what happened to them. They those, both like, kind of hours. come to consciousness at the same point. Seemingly. Seemingly. But they're trying to like tr- retrace all their steps. Did they, do we know what they drew? We do. Um, they're so they're dry, drawing those pictures and we have it have them in the show notes all the pictures that they have okay. um uh betty after this incident um you know because both of them thought they were going crazy <laughs> so they're trying to recall everything they knew something weird had happened yeah so they start like trying to draw things trying to like you know write down like okay, this is what this is what I remember happening. They both separately did so, like mm-hmm. wrote their own thing. Mm-hmm. Then they got together and were like, okay, this is what I remember. What do you remember? And like, 
So they're trying to like match up stories and like the stories are matching up up until the point where they kind of like lose consciousness. Things get a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. Like we can't really recall exactly what happened. But what they do remember, like when they see the UFO as, the, as they're on the way home, mm-hmm. they remember like around the time of seeing the UFO itself and like getting closer, they remember buzzing sounds in their heads. They recall like a zzzz in their head. And then that's when everything goes blank. So they both recall mm, the sound too. Interesting. But once that buzzing sound happened, their memories are like fragmented piecemeal. So both of them are exhausted. You would think they'd be like, what the fuck happened? Like, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it right now. Uh-huh. They're exhausted. They need to go to sleep. So they sleep for a few hours and Betty wakes up and placed the clothes that she was actually wearing um, during the drive into her closet and then she had recalled that the dress that she was wearing was torn at the hem into the zipper and the and the lining was also torn. Okay. So when she's taking it off, this is what she's realizing, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. This same dress, she like goes back to to grab them because she's like, oh, maybe I was recalling that incorrectly. And she uh-huh. like looks and it's like, no, it's definitely fucking torn. Yeah. Um, she sees like this pinkish powder that's on the dress that she didn't see before. And um, so she just like took the dress, hung it outside on her clothesline and the powder like eventually blew away. Okay. Um, The dress was damaged. It was incredibly damaged. Um, She actually looks at it and she's like, well, I'm never going to be able to wear this again. So I'm just going to throw it away. And she's like, wait a second. No, I shouldn't. Something's telling me I should not throw this away. There's something up with this fucking dress. But like the, that initial impulse that she had, like, I'm never going to be able to wear this again. I just need to throw away this piece of shit dress. Like I loved this dress, but I'm never going to be able to wear it again because it's so damaged. She's like, oh, I might as well throw it away instead of thinking, oh, maybe this is like tied to the yeah. UFO shit that we went through. Right. They seem like they're just like out of it. Like super out of it. Yeah. Like kind of just like going through the motions. So Betty, um, that dress, which that clearly they were, by the way, because yes when they were driving home, I mean, suddenly they wake up and they're arriving at home. So clearly they were driving mm-hmm. at some point when they weren't even for lack of a better word, conscious. Right. Exactly. That's exactly. I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, when you're driving like from a place that you typically drive from just on autopilot. Yes. Yeah. It seems like they were on autopilot like for a while. Wow. So, she throws away the dress. She's like, no, I have to grab it. So she gets it out of the trash and holds on to it. And she hangs it back up, uh, up in her closet. And actually I have an image of um, the dress. So here's the dress itself that she was wearing. Wait. Mm-hmm. What? Is that the front of the dress? That's the front of the dress. Is that a hole? Yeah, it's a total hole. Is that the lining? Yeah, you can see through the lining, which, does this dress now? Of course it doesn't. A lot of the vintage dresses, well, kind of, um, a lot of vintage dresses have lining on the inside of them. So it's like the top layer has a big Mm -hmm. hole. A huge hole. I don't know, six inches maybe, seven inches. and In the center of the chest. Jagged shape in the center of the chest. Mm -hmm. Right below the neckline. Underneath is perfectly intact 
like silk lining. Mm-hmm. And what, I mean, it's like a blast hole. It looks like it's like a blast hole. But it didn't hole. go all the way through. No, it only like took The top that, layer. Yeah. And if you look like towards, um, like below the arm of the dress, it looks like there's like a little. Um, kind of jagged. Or- yeah, it's like a jagged edge, which, you know, could be the edge that they were talking about in the back, the like the back, like near the zipper. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's where that is, but this is the best picture. It's actually, and we have it in our show notes, but the best picture of Betty's dress. Now, back in the day, in the 1960s, 1950s, people would have entire outfits planned after their wedding so they'd have a wedding like you'd have your wedding dress and then you'd have your um going like on your honeymoon afterwards dress and Mm -hmm. you would have like all these like special occasion outfits right so that was probably i now i don't know for sure but i would imagine that was one of her nicer dresses that Mm -hmm. she was wearing right and like what you're gonna just tear tear an entire hole in the center of the chest, which is just that first like layer of uh, printed fabric. Exactly. It makes I mean, zero that sense. doesn't make zeros, especially if, I mean, if it was all the way through, you'd go, oh, okay, whatever. But that bottom layer looked completely intact. It was just the strangest looking thing. So weird. Weird. And thank God she kept it kept that dress well, absolutely yeah she almost threw it away just not thinking because she was like in i don't know zombie yeah, mode dresses ruin throw away yeah yeah go do next thing <laughs> eat something that's <laughs> yeah. what it felt like so like throughout the years multiple laboratories actually you know took samples and stuff from mm-hmm. the um uh from the uh dress yeah um and did forensic analysis on them um which we'll talk about later but um another thing that they found was that they were there were shiny circles on the car's trunk like circles that were like connecting on the car's trunk okay that were not there the previous day (laughs) right because why would they be there there's like no reason for them to have been there right so they saw these like circles and you know betty and barney knew that something was up they knew they saw like a um an alien or a ufo they still recall that much so they grabbed a compass and they're trying to go through a scientific method to to really describe like what did we see how can we like you know be as precise and scientifically like minded when when trying to almost debunk ourselves. Mm -hmm, mm, Um, So mm. they grabbed this uh, um, compass and they're like, okay, anytime we move the compass close to those like circle spots on the trunk, it starts moving erratically and it's like whirling around, like going insane, like which a compass should not be doing that. Right. Right. Um, But when they moved some inches away from the shiny spots, like move the compass away, it would drop down. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, continue to like move mm-hmm. it would just like drop mm-hmm. like i said they decide to say okay fuck like we've written all this stuff down we've done our drawings we need to tell someone something happened we have been missing time we don't even recall what the fuck happened right for like a total of like what what say, seven eight hours something like that yeah at least seven or eight hours what do we do this could be a threat to like you know, human beings because 
clearly something happened and yeah. clearly it wasn't great because I have like skiff marks on my shoes. Yeah. Betty's dress is torn. Yeah, it was clearly wasn't pleasant. Yeah. It was not a pleasant, <laughs> like we can't, ex we can't remember, but it's yeah. All everything's pointing clearly something towards, aggressive and yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, they actually report to the U S air force and the NIACP um, and Barney said that he, uh, okay, so this was October 21st, 1961. So they, this was like a month later, right? They were coming back on the 18th um, of September and 18th, 19th. And then the Air Force comes and is like, okay, let's, ha let's have an interview. Let's like do like a six hour interview. We're going to get as many details as we possibly can. They're doing this like interview and they are relating everything that they can kind of remember. But as time passes that their memories become more foggy mm. and Barney's saying like, I have a mental block and he's like, I feel like it's to the point where I like something bad happened. Like we're talking about, mm -hmm. I must have a mental block because it was so extreme. So traumatic yeah. that I, I'm not remembering it cause I don't want to remember it. Right. So, they're describing in detail about the aircraft. He's describing those, you know, exactly what we had just talked about. And the guy, and he's like, you know, I've seen these things. Like, I don't know. They look humanoid, but they're not human. I can tell you that much. Mm. I can't tell you anything more. Um, but the guy who's interviewing them, Walter N. Webb, who was um, a Boston astronomer and an, an IACP member. Um, he's like, yeah, they're definitely telling the truth. And, um, the incident probably occurred exactly. I'm quoting him exactly. Um, the incident probably occurred as reported, except for some minor uncertainties and technicalities that must be tolerated in any such ob observations where human judgment is involved, like the exact time and length of the visibility, the apparent sizes of object and occupants and the distance and height of the object, et cetera. Mm -hmm. He's like, these people are not bullshitting me. Yeah. They're, they clearly saw something. Yeah. Of course, it seems like things are off a little bit, but that's because it was a traumatic situation. Yeah. Not going to remember every single exact detail of everything. No. Yeah. And things might get jumbled, you know. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So, like natural, but these people are not bullshitting. Yeah. So they do that. Some time goes by. Betty starts having dreams. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And this is like, you know, 10 days after the actual like encounter that they had. Mm -hmm. She starts having these really vivid dreams and it, they're happening night after night after night after night for five nights. So she said um, when she experienced them, like the detail was so extremely like accurate that she's never had a dream so intense before. There's never been anything like so vivid, so clear uh -huh. as these dreams. But after that fifth night, they just totally stopped. Um, and when she was like mentioning it to her husband, Barney, he's like, oh, you know, it sounds pretty scary, uh, you know, but he was trying to be sympathetic, but he didn't really mm. care that much or didn't seem like he cared that much. So she was like, okay, I guess it's just really not that big of a deal. Okay. So she stopped mentioning these dreams to Barney. Uh-huh. In November, though, after they had this interview with um, that dude, the astron astronomer, yeah. Betty starts writing down the details of her dreams. And in one of the dreams, um, she and Barney are at a roadblock and men 
there are men that surround her car and she loses consciousness and then is like struggling to like wake back up and like, you know, regain her consciousness. And then she realized that she was being forced by two small men to walk into a forest at night and saw that Barney was walking behind her. And when she called to him, it seemed like he was like in a trance or something. It's like he didn't even hear her. Um, like he was like sleepwalking and the men stood about five or four feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, they wore matching blue uniforms with caps similar to those like the, a cadet, like a military cadet would wear. Uh-huh. And they appeared to be nearly human with black hair, dark eyes, really prominent noses and bluish lips and that their skin was like grayish. Okay. So they were taken to the car and the leader um, said that they need to watch the craft's departures. They need to watch that it leaves. So this is like, it's almost like, okay, maybe I'm, she's starting to piece together what had actually happened Okay. Um, during that time. Like she's almost mm-hmm. like her memories are coming in through her. They needed to do some hypnosis. That's because it sounds like it was like deep in her subconscious and rare dreams were pulling it out. Maybe. I think you're right. I think you're onto something. Okay. We might be talking about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they've had so many different interviews, right? Um, one of the huge questions that they're constantly asked were what's up with this missing time. They're trying like these interviewers are trying to get a timeline together. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they have the timeline up until like, seven or eight hours yeah and then everything comes back so they can't they can't really define a timeline right which is a huge problem yeah um because ultimately like they arrived home way later than that than they anticipated it should have actually taken them four hours to get home Uh and it had actually been seven hours right since their like the time that they thought they would be there yeah yeah. seven hours late yeah um, and this has become an actual phenomenon in the UFO world yes. called missing time. Yes. You hear about it a lot. Yeah. And back then they're just trying to, these investigators are trying to piece together. Like these people are legit, you know, where the heck did this happen? Like, did, do they have like some brain issues? Like what's going on? Sure. But what we find later is that this is just a piece of the puzzle of these, of this phenomenon, this UFO phenomenon. <sighs> where people miss time mm-hmm. and they were like one of the first people to talk about it. So um, as far as like this happened to them and it really changed their perspective on life. Now you have these people who are fuck, newlyweds stoked about the world mm-hmm. and like excited to be together and mm-hmm. hopeful. Yeah. And then this really traumatic thing happened and there's no answers. They don't have any answers. They feel like they were violated you know, that their bodies were violated. They can't recall a lot of time. It looks like they were violated because, yeah. you know, their clothing looks like they got into a fucking fight. Exactly. But they they can't remember anything. So it's like, there's a lot of trauma that they're going through. Well, they're, I said before, they're um, devout, like, uh, or really uh, active members in their Unitarian church. So they start talking about it in their church with other parishioners. They're mm. like, we don't we know. Went through something. Yeah, yeah, we went through something. We don't know what happened, but something happened. And so they're um they're talking to uh to their, you know, different people. 
And one of the um, the members of the church is Captain Ben H. Sweat of the um, U.S. Air Force. He was a guest speaker at their church at that time mm. when they're talking about this stuff. Okay. And he's like, hey, there's hypnosis. Uh-huh. Like you're saying. Yeah. Um, so he goes up to them privately and was like, hey, so hypnosis, potentially, like you guys should look into it. It seems like something's up. Mm-hmm. And um, and he really wanted to figure out what the fuck was up with the um, the missing time. That was really what he was like trying to get after. Betty's having these dreams. She's not really talking about them, but like, he's like, there's something up with this missing time and let's see if we can get into your, un- like your yeah. um, unconsciousness. Yeah. So he asked if he could... Uh, um, hypnotize them to recover them. Um, but you know, he's like, you know, I am an amateur. I probably shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> so he talks to another, they talk to another dude, um, Simon. So he starts putting, he's a hip, hip hypnosis or hypnotist, whatever, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Yeah. So they start doing these sessions and Barney has these sessions and, um, he starts, he starts talking about like, what do they do? Like when you're, you know, look at this. Okay. Let's try to remember some of the things that they actually have. What was one of the things that they had binoculars, that strap, right? Yeah. What happened to the strap? So they're trying to like figure out in his hole in the dress. Subconscious. In the yeah. Shoes. yeah. Yeah. So he's like, what happened? Barney Barney's like, it broke when I was running from the UFO back to the car. Oh my God. And he remi- he remembers like driving away from the UFO, but then felt like he was like compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. Okay. And he says that he ev- he eventually like, sees six men standing on a dirt road, and um, the car was stalled. Oh he can't God. he can't move it. This is like a total scary story. Totally. Isn't it? So the car uh, stalls, and the three men approach the car, and um, they told Barney through like ESP. Oh my God! Don't be scared of us. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, I'm so sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Oh, don't be scared of you. Dude, I'm driving in the middle of the fucking forest and all of a sudden my car stops and you guys are all just like, don't be be scared. We mean no harm. You're like, fuck you. Are you kidding me? me. Okay. So Barney is recalling this one part of his abduction. He, it's very piecemeal. What they're finding like through these, um, uh, this hope, hypnosis is he's very piecemeal about his information. But one thing he remembers and he can't stop talking about are the eyes. Mm. And I'll, I'll, um, I'm going to quote him. Okay. okay. <clears throat> so he says they told, okay. So they told Barney not to fear them when they're in the forest. <laughs> so of course he's anxious. <laughs> right? He's like, fuck that. But the leader, what Barney, perceives to be the leader uh-huh. told told barney close your eyes and barney while he was hypnotized says i felt like the eyes had pushed into my own eyes oh good god which what what a weird yeah, how, how, yeah. i mean that makes zero sense let's just say he's making it up who would think of that i felt like the eyes were being pushed into my own eyes i, mean, that I don't is know very what, vivid like that is a feeling that just you I and mean, that is a 
that is it's a surreal yeah weird ass thing my god so okay so he's saying that and he can't he really like as he's recalling things he's kind of saying you know um they kept on staring at me in the eyes now this is something both him and betty kept on saying they kept on staring at me in the eyes and he said it was like this mesmerizing terrifying effect that they had that like they're almost like yeah you know in this like weird dreamlike state because of this yeah the staring into their eyes yeah and barney kept on talking about these fucking eyes saying like oh those eyes they're there in my brain and that was from the first hypnosis session then he says i was told to close my eyes because i saw two eyes coming into mine coming close to mine and i felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes all i see are eyes i'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body they're just here they're up, just up close to me pressing against my eyes oh my god like he can't get over these eyes and um betty like when she was having these hip this hypnosis she kept on remembering the like conversations that were happening with the leader in english and Barney says, you know, I didn't hear English. I just heard a mumbling language that I can't understand. So um, she also says, I do remember hearing, uh, you know, some language that I didn't understand, but I also heard him speaking in English. Hmm. So um, the few times that they actually did communicate with Barney, he's like, it was like, it was a thought transference, like ESP. Um, and he didn't really know what the fuck tele telepathy was. He didn't know that there was a term for telepathy. Now these people, right. we were we were talking about it before. Like these folks are salt of the earth folks. Like they don't. It's not like they're in theater or they're artists or like you know they have like these like they're writers that have like these active imaginations. I'm sure mm -hmm. they did have active imaginations, mm -hmm. but they were more like down to earth people. Yeah like coming up with this didn't really seem like it was something in their vocabulary. Right. You know? Right. I mean, he didn't even know what telepathy meant. He, he couldn't put it a word into, he's like, they're communicating like through thought transference instead of like, Oh, ESP telepathy. Like you and I know these, these words. Uh -huh. He didn't know these fucking words. Right. He just knew what he was experiencing. Right. 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 Betty, her session, um, it was very similar to her dreams about her five dreams about the UFO like abductions that she had written down. Yeah. There were some differences and mainly it was like pertaining to uh, the weight, their, the capture and then their release, like how they left the, the UFOs. Mm -hmm. And she recalls through hypnosis that the technology was different um, and the short men, um, you know, were slightly different in physical appearance and um and then the sequences of how the abduction occurred it was all broken up it was different from her dreams okay so let me just say yes let's say they made this up sure and i said to you i said hey alicia we're gonna make up this story <laughs> and so we need to get our shit together yeah. And so here's how we were abducted. Mm -hmm. Here's where we went. Here's what they look like. We would have that together. Yeah, down pat. Down pat. So when they asked us, our stories would fucking match. Yeah. Theirs don't. They don't necessarily. Match. So mm -hmm. that tells me that this wasn't, they aren't, you, I'm sorry, nobody's that smart. <laughs> no. 
No. Nobody can go, hey, we're going to come up with a story, but we're going to make it different so that it mm-hmm. seems plausible. I mean, no. Yeah. No, 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 you can't. You can't look at it that way. Like, I think that when you look at it that way that like, okay, because because why would we even do that? Why would you even do that? Maybe you wanted attention. Maybe you wanted whatever. Like, you know, they weren't searching for notoriety. Uh-huh. They were, in fact, that's the exact I mean, I guess notoriety does happen to you if you're um if if you say that you're an alien like an you had an alien abduction. Yeah. But once again, this was in the early stages of of alien abduction. We heard a lot of them in like the 80s, the 70s, the 90s, not in the early 60s. Yeah. There wasn't like a slew of people who have been proven to be like total kooks, right? Yeah. These people are normal people. They have things they care about, civil rights movement, you know, Ex- doing that yeah. and saying it like Exactly. They have. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you have a background or you have a, your, your, your personality doesn't lend itself to any of shenanigans. No. Your, your history has never proven that this would lead to this. No. That's why it seems so plausible. I think so too. I I think now there, there are some like issues like one, if they had the same, exp- well, why are they recalling specific like different things? Well, but don't like why? If, if like let's say we we're in a bank robbery. Yes. Like you might experience look at things very differently than I did, mm-hmm. and so when I describe the bank robber, I might go, "Oh my god, it was this big, beefy, scary looking guy," and you might go, "Oh my god, it was just this little wimpy dude." Yeah, that's you true. know what I mean. It's just like different perspectives. Yeah. So uh, that's why I think it's very plausible. That they yeah. saw just saw things differently. They saw things differently. They experienced things differently. Maybe yeah. they recall different details. Like yeah, yeah, you could say, I saw this big old beefy guy. I'm like, I just remember the mask that he was wearing. That's exactly. And you're like, oh, exactly. I don't even remember a mask. And like, right. yeah, how could you not remember the mask? It was so scary, Precisely. you know? But for me, it was scary. Right. Precisely. And same thing with like, you know, Betty. So she um so she she was saying, you know, they're different. Uh, okay. Basically what Simon does, he he looks at their entire, like both Betty and Barney's stories. And they're like, he's like, you know, he writes an article for the journal of this, of psychiatric opinion. And he says that his conclusion was that the case was a singular psychological aberration. What does that mean? He basically was saying that they hallucinated together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like why would you explain it? He couldn't explain it. He's like, this is making no sense. I don't know. I don't have enough answers. I'm not really explaining everything that happened in those like that missing time. This missing time is weird anyways. What if they both just, I don't know, ate something weird and like had some kind of hallucinogenic effects. And then this is what had happened. This was the experience they both experienced, which I don't know if you've ever done a hallucinogen, not that I would ever know because I don't know that <laughs> yeah. you don't have the same experience as other people. Right. Right. Like right. the experience that you have is very, very personal to you. Yeah. Versus another person. Uh-huh. You could be staring out at a, you know, a sky and see something completely different than someone else does. So if that were the case, how do they have something that aligns so specifically together? Right. Exactly. It makes zero sense to me. I would be asking those questions. So, you know, this happened, nothing happened to both of them. Um, You know, they, there was, you know, they were, um, they were willing to, talk about their experience, but they really went back to their regular lives. Um, 
occasionally a UFO researcher would talk to them or a family member, a friend would talk to them, but Mm -hmm. really they stopped trying to talk about it publicly. They're like, nobody cares. Nobody's taking us seriously. Right. It's not worth it. Like, let's just get back to our normal lives. Totally. So, um, you know, in October 25th, 1965, there was a a front page story about them that said like, UFO chiller. Did they seize couple? Like, you know, people were talking about an audio tape, um, uh, because I guess that reporter, the, the reporter who wrote this, John H. Luttrell of The Traveler, had ac- actually been given an audio tape recording of the lecture that the Hills made um, in, a, in Quincy Center in late 1963 when they were still trying to get, you know, their story out. And um, Luttrell learned that they had actually gone through the hypnosis with Simon. So he was obtaining you know, confidential, like those notes from these interviews that the Hill had, Hill had given or Hills had given um, UFO investigators. Um, And this story is picked up um, by the United Press International. So people are like, oh my God, we've never heard this story before. Of course the Hills had been telling it years before. They just gave up on it. Yeah. And um, the Hills. Okay. So, Um, John G. Fuller, who was another writer, he, uh, worked with the Hills and Simon, who was the, um, the, uh, hypnosis dude. Um, and they wrote a book called the interrupted journey, which you can still buy today. Um, and it was about that case and it, um, it actually included, uh, Betty's sketch of a star map that we hear about Mm. now. Mm. Yeah. Do you know when, when she create that star map? Do you know under what circumstances? I, uh, let's see. I don't know exactly when she drew it, but I mean, she was writing notes and recalling all of these things, you know, the same year that she, um, was abducted. Okay, so you think back in, that's when she I was writing all that. of this stuff down, her dreams and this mm-hmm. infamous star map. Yeah, because not a lot of the information from the hypnosis sessions was really released or publicized because that dude, Simon, was like, eh, it was just like this fucking thing that happened to yeah. them. And like, it wasn't real. Like, it was all in their heads or whatever. Yeah. So I'm sure that some of that was also discussed during that time, but it doesn't come out until the public is actually interested in it. And they're like, Oh my God, this actually happened. These people seem legit. They're like, yeah, we've been saying it for four years later. Exactly. We've been saying it for four years and now you guys are finally listening. And then Simon's like, Oh, I can make some money off of this. Sure. I'll show you everything. Like, even though he basically was like, yeah, no, they didn't fucking, it was just some kind of thing. So, um, she, so she has that star map. There was yeah. the Betty's um, star map that was included in that book. And the book was a fucking overnight success. Mm. And it went through several printings. You can still get copies today. You know, um, Barney actually had passed away of a cerebral hemorrhage on February 25th, 1969. So he was, uh, mm. he was 46. And then Betty became um, a celebrity, like really in her own regard in the UFO community because Barney had passed away. Um, She actually died of cancer October 17th, 2004. Mm. Um, She had never remarried. Uh, Barney was the love of her life. Mm. But going back to that star map, okay? Okay. So that interrupted journey um, book was picked up by this woman 
who was an elementary school teacher. Her name was uh, Marjorie Fish. Uh-huh. And she was also an um, amateur astron- astronomer. And she was like, what the hell is this star map? Like, this is cool. I wonder if I could figure out where the hell it is. So um, she's like, if I can decipher this, I can find out where the hell this is. I could potentially find out where this UFO came from. Uh-huh. So she like does all these things. Um, she, you know, puts the the earth stars, like all, all this shit together and um, wanted to try to find like stars that could potentially have life as we know it. Um, and, <clears throat> and looks at different star catalogs and stuff like that and comes up with the map potentially being the double star system of Zeta Reticuli. That's 39 light years from earth. Okay. Yeah. So she sent her analysis to that dude Webb who had written the book and he agrees with her and he was like, okay, I'm going to send this to the editor of astronomy, which was a magazine back in the day. Yeah. And Dick, um, whose name was Dickinson, uh, Terrence Dickinson. And he's like, uh, I don't, <laughs> I am a scientist. I do not endorse <laughs> this. Like, you know, he's like, well, maybe it could be. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. But um, astronomy did invite um, comments and, uh, you know, a debate on the UFO report. And um, they start publishing little articles in December 1974 in an issue that becomes, you know, popular. This is when Carl Sagan, we all know him, and Steven Soder are arguing that the star map was just a little bit more than random alignment of chance points. Like, like the, there's not, she just, just so happens to write some or to draw something out that actually does exist. But like, that's just, it's just a coincidence. And like, you know, so they're saying happened. that she just made it up and just so happens to match mm-hmm. up with the system. Reticuli. Yeah, and he even in, you know, that show Cosmos that he did. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, in 1980, he actually demonstra- demonstrated that without lines drawn in, in the maps, the hill map bore no resemblance to the real life, you know, map of the Zeta Reticuli system. Um, other people were like, no, um, it actually, there's 16 stars of, of that specific type of like spec, spectral type among thousands of stars nearest the sun. That's at least a thousand against one. So like a thousand to one odds that like mm-hmm. you would get all 16 of these correct in the right spot. So ultimately um, in the early nineties, uh, you know, there was a mission called the European Hipp- Hippocros, um, which was uh, a satellite that is, looking at um uh you know the fucking solar system yeah so it measures distances to more than a hundred thousand stars around the sun and is more the most accurate that we've had um at up until that point um and it showed that some of the stars in uh fish's interpretation that woman's marjorie fish the interpretation of the map were actually much farther away than previously thought but other research revealed that some of the stars counted by fish as likely to host life would have been excluded um, through her own criteria. She was a, she was a fucking elementary school teacher. Give her a break. Um, But ultimately um, fish 
ends up rejecting that hypothesis that she had um, that this was in Zeta Reticuli. She's like, yeah, actually, I think I was wrong about this. I didn't map it out correctly. Really? Yeah. So she says that in a public statement. Um, Okay, I'm going to put on my conspiracy hat. Put it on. (laughs) I'm putting on my hat. Yes. Uh, Someone said, yo, you need to calm your tits. Yes. Ooh. Uh-huh. Okay. And you need to go retract everything that you just said. Yeah. Because we can't have any part of that. We can't We can't let people know yet. You're right. Disclosure's not happening yet. It's going to happen, but people are not ready for it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it seems pretty pro- pl- uh, plausible. I mean, why not? Why? I mean, why, why couldn't you? Like, if this seems like, okay, Zeta... Because where do we know Zeta Reticuli from? Exactly. We just talked about Mr. J-Rod. Yes. J-Rod in one of our past episodes. That's where Mr. J-Rod was from. The Zeta Reticuli star system. Yep. So, I mean, it's an interesting coincidence. Right. How would she know about that? She couldn't have. Oh, she, she would not have known about that. No. That wasn't until, when was he picked up? In like the mid sixties. Yeah. So this was after when she had started, when the, the star map was already out that this, that conversation with J rod had even started because J rod had not been, but that's not, but even none of that was like, it wasn't known. Known. Uh, -uh. Nope. It's an awfully like interesting. Yeah. That. Yeah. I don't know if I can call that a coincidence, but it's, I mean, people will rebuke, will rebut like anything, and right? See, we've talked about this before. Like, I can make anything fit anything if I want it to fit something. Yes, that's the other thing. If you put on the other hat, right? Like, I can make this fit there if you put, you know, this and that and blah blah blah. Yes. So, I don't know. I just, I just think it's too coincidental. I think it's coincidental. I think that the fact that. Betty's story never changed. Mm-hmm. Betty and Barney never were like, eh, psych. <laughs> you know, right, exactly. they never said psych. That, you know, Betty was a, both of them wanted to be taken seriously at a time that it, that was very important. You know, they had to be, um, they had to be good citizens because look, they were an interracial couple. Yeah. So it's almost like they had to be better. Yeah, it's like, than, why would I want to even want this attention anyway? No. It's already have, hard for us. Exactly. They already have the spotlight on them. So why am I going to sit here and talk about aliens and like this missing time unless it was something so traumatic that they're like trying to heal through it? I, I don't know. I mean, I could see that being so extreme and like also feeling like a, um, a duty to other humans to humankind to be like there's something else out there this is what happened to us we don't know exactly what happened but it wasn't pretty mm-hmm. and like if you've had something like that happen you know you're not alone right just knowing that i mean you know y- people will even say like there was an outer limits episode they're like this is very close maybe they saw this okay yeah maybe they did but I, you know it didn't seem like they had like nobody was like oh look they have like this massive store of like sci-fi books like these people were really trying to make some real change in the world um in the civil rights movement so yeah i'm still not seeing anything to gain 
there's there was zero to gain. Yeah. There was zero to gain. Maybe they made some money off of a book, but I don't even think that, you know, it's not like, you know, Barney still, you know, died when he was in his 40s. Right. Mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. Betty had nothing to gain. She never remarried. She, you know, told her stories and maybe she made some money like in the UFO like community. But aside from that, her story didn't change. Her story never changed. She did not. She never said I was only kidding or like, you know, we came up with this ruse. Mm -hmm. This was like and all of these things that had happened. Right. Like missing time, you know, uh, things being like broken or um mm-hmm. or like torn or whatever where you don't remember what mm-hmm. the heck happened right um those circles on their car the fact that the car stopped totally okay mm-hmm. before they approached these you know uh these aliens or you know UFOs the UFO descended and was completely quiet right like these all of these things are are things that they're like tropes in the in the um, UFO community. Right. They were not tropes at that point. Exactly. This was the first time that these tropes were played. Oops, excuse me. Were played out. <laughs> That's a f- these the first time. So like this is the first very well documented um, uh, abduction story. All of the documents, like these drawings, Betty's dress. Um, uh, the letters that that Betty had like written about her experience, um, they're her dreams, Barney's dreams, like um, even like their um, NAACP like certificates and stuff. Um, the University of, I think it's University. Uh, let me just double check. <laughs> um, uh, of New Hampshire holds has an entire archive for the um the betty and barney hill incident really so or the zeta reticuli incident um they have an entire area so you can have and it's linked in the show notes you can look at at the imagery they even made like a bust of it like they were they drew the aliens they drew the spacecraft you can see all of that and she thought it was so important and her dress like she gave everything yeah. to her alma mater saying this is important stuff you need to hold on to it for posterity's sake and maybe you know in 50 years maybe i, I hear disclosure supposed to happen soon maybe we're, we'll find out that like this fucking was real and like these are real aliens what do you mean you hear disclosure is coming soon what do you mean well word on the street is like <laughs> right we have like a new if you're asking me honestly, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So we have um, the U.S. government is now taking um, UAPs or um, UFOs, U- yeah. um, unidentified um, aerial phenomena, or it used to be unidentified flying object. Now they're called UAPs because it's like different, it's the yeah. same shit. Right. Um. Anyways, we have we're taking those like calls seriously. The U.S. is now talking about um, footage that has been released by Air Force, uh, like those Tic Tac videos, mm-hmm. which I think we should talk about in the future. Yeah. Um, there, uh, the NASA just like you know this year had um, an overview or an oversight like committee. They're like, yeah, we're trying to find biological signatures, in, right? And like 
that's bonkers. They would never like NASA and um and the US would be like these are kooks. We're just trying to like eventually we would love that would be great, but we don't think that there's anything any other life but us. Yeah. You know, they would never even admit that that was a thing. Now right. they're saying, "Yeah, actually we have the committees." Uh-huh. So it's like I think that we're slowly moving towards an area where um uaps and like ufos and disclosure disclosing like the fact that we know that there is something out there it's gonna happen yeah get more Um, gonna start gonna they're gonna start communicating it more than they have yeah yeah yeah, yes i mean they already have just look at the last like three years that's right that's right it's changed dramatically and guess what nobody seems to care right nobody's like oh my god nasa just had like this committee like hearing about how they're looking for biometric signatures um in space like that's insane that's insane like these things are crazy right anyway i think that it's gonna happen and i think that you know having um thank god betty kept that dress and that she kept such yeah uh, you know detailed notes yeah because you know we might look back in 50 years and be like oh my gosh, this was the Betty and Barney Hill incident or Barney and Betty Hill incident. And um, and they were telling the truth the whole time. Everyone just were assholes and didn't believe them. So so what did, uh, did, did she ever say that she went to Zeta or I mean, why did she draw that star map? Because they showed her where they were from and she saw like a map or something of it um so let me see here. so in what so in this event that she and her husband were at you're saying that in some way form or fashion they showed her where they were from and so as a result when she was documenting her dreams and things like that she was just drawing out the map that they told her about I, I believe so. I'm looking at my notes right now and I don't recall. I, I think it was from one of the interviews that they, that she had. She was like, but she didn't go there. She didn't. I don't think that she went there. She could have. Hmm. Um, what I really wonder, because it's so hard to find all of the information. I really wish I had more notes on the actual interviews that they did. I don't, I didn't. I'm sure we could, I'm sure, I'm sure out we could, there yeah, somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I, so I think that would be interesting. It would be cool to know whether or not she went out there, but I don't recall the the Hills talking much about that. I, if if I'm going to be honest, um, maybe the more extreme the conversation became, they kind of stepped away from it because, look, it's a a black and um, a black man and a white woman who already are getting attention, like you were saying. Like, do we really need to be like, oh yeah? Then they probed me, and then they did this, and then this. It's like, right? Okay, let's just we're already like we have a base level of like yeah a lot of people are not going to tolerate us yeah yeah but then on top of that you know they're dealing with all this like crazy ass shit um yeah this crazy story so i would be interested to know that i maybe maybe i don't have an answer to it wow that's why that's why it's fascinating because Mm -hmm. it just um it's not like some random place. Like it connects to other things that other people have said. Like I said, when we started talking about J Rod and Element and the Element, yes, Element One Fifteen. It connects. Yeah. So I mean, it's just that's the thing. This phenomena. You know, we're talking about disclosure. We're talking about you know UFOs or UAPs or whatever. 
they all have similarities. Is it because now these stories are so well known? Well, potentially. But what is that saying? If it walks like a duck and it mm, quacks like, like a, a duck, duck, yeah, it's probably, probably a, a duck. duck. Like maybe there, the, this phenomena should be taken seriously and we should say this is aliens or this is another dimension or like this is whatever the case is there's something here yeah and the same thing's happening to other people yeah and we need to start taking it seriously and saying call a spade a spade mm -hmm. this is exactly what's happening mm -hmm. let's start studying it yeah instead of you know ridiculing these poor people for coming out and telling the truth of something that's incredibly traumatic I for themselves know, exactly like god could you imagine that no no. be awful it'd be awful it would be awful yeah so, I, i'm not sure i could do it i don't know if i could do it either i'm not sure if i would be like honest I know, i'd be like right? no nothing Kevin, to me <laughs> yeah we had we had a guest who said this happened to them <laughs> and they wrote into us exactly. about it oh, oh god but so that's that's my story about the zeta reticuli incident um or the wow. bar, bar, betty and barney hill incident fascinating um oh one thing i wanted to to talk about is yeah. hey if you're listening right now please um you know uh review us on itunes wherever you're listening uh hit thumbs up give us five stars seven stars ten stars whatever the highest is <laughs> yeah, the highest, we'll take the, it the highest number. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah uh this has been really fun and thanks it was a great episode. It was fun. Ooh. I love how our episodes connect to each other, too. I know. It's <laughs> so, so cool. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.